How's it going today, guys? Once again, I'm back here live in the studio. Another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Today's Thursday, December 27th, 2018, and it's a big weekend coming up here, guys. I mean, we got college football Final Four, NFL Week 17. I can barely keep my excitement all bottled up. Been watching all these bowl games, kind of teasing me a little bit. I mean, all these games are good for is betting or if you're a fan of these teams, but. Finally, we get what we want. The college football Final Four, what we watched all these games all year for. We finally get it. I mean, guys, this is the best time of the year, man. You got basketball ramping up. You got football in the playoff mode at this point. I mean, it's I'm so excited, guys. I can't wait for Saturday. So, 4 o'clock, number 2, Clemson plays number 3, Notre Dame. Uh, the spread is, it's I've seen it anywhere from 11 to 12 and a half in favor of Notre Dame, or Notre Dame being positive, Clemson being the favorite in here, getting negative 12 and a half. I'm going to be honest with you guys, I would not eat those points on Clemson. Notre Dame is being undervalued here. So here's a couple stats, and I'll give you all my reasoning behind what these stats mean. So Notre Dame's 28th in offensive yards. Clemson is 4th in offensive yards. Um, Notre Dame is, or in scoring offense, Notre Dame is averaging 33.5 points per game. Clemson's averaging 45.4. So based off those two stats right there, I mean, Notre Dame is a lot better. Clemson scores a lot more points. You'd think they'd be a lot better on offense. Clemson has a really good run game to go along with Lawrence who can pass the ball. I mean, Lawrence is good. But defensively, Clemson's ranked fourth in offensive yards and earned like giving up yards to the other team. Notre Dame's ranked 22nd. Scoring-wise, Clemson is second. Notre Dame is ninth. That's a key stat right there, guys. And y'all got to think about how this team played at the beginning of the year. They kind of sputtered, stuttered. They didn't play too well at the beginning of the year. That was because they had Brandon Wimbush in there, which is what I think throws off these offensive stats a little bit. If they had Ian Book in there the whole season, I mean, you could make the argument, though, against this argument that Ian Book made Notre Dame so much better. I mean, the counter-argument you would hear see here is, oh, well, Kelly Bryant was playing quarterback for Clemson, but, I mean, you still won 48-7 to over Furman. Rather than Ball State, Notre Dame won by, like, seven points. I mean, every single game was close for Notre Dame, even that Michigan game. And Notre Dame beat Michigan, who was number, who was number three or four. I can't remember who they were, what they were when Ohio State beat them, but they beat Michigan head-to-head when they were a worse team. That is big to me right there. That speaks a lot to me. Notre Dame is not 12.5 points worse or 11 points worse than Clemson at all. I mean, that Texas A&M game is close. He still scored 38 against Georgia Southern. Obviously, the Syracuse game, I don't really count that one at all. But Clemson was still blowing these teams out and having big margins against them. Notre Dame's offense was struggling. I mean, it was mostly defense for them. This Irish defense is stout. Lots of really good offensive linemen that we'll probably see play on Sundays and be drafted really high. I mean, y'all, that's the biggest thing to me, though, is that first three games, they weren't even that good, and they beat Michigan. I mean, I think Notre Dame is really being undervalued in this game. Uh, I think that Clemson with these suspensions, I mean, we've seen it. Dexter Lawrence might be suspended for drugs. They have three players suspended for performance-enhancing drugs. That could be huge. They're still waiting on these B samples to come in. I don't know when they'll come in, what they're going to do. Personally, I think it's not B samples. I think they're just trying to give them a little bit more time to clean their system and to throw them out there and get them in there. It's definitely a little weird, though. I think that could play a little factor here, maybe a little distraction on on that side for Clemson. Doesn't bode well. Notre Dame's been kind of quiet. All the noise has been coming out of Clemson. I don't think Notre Dame is that many points worse than Clemson. I think it's going to be a really, really close game, good game. I can't wait to watch it, guys. I mean, it's going to be a fun game to watch. Like I said, give me Notre Dame. They are not 12.5 points worse from Clemson. I promise you all that. This will be a good game, guys. It will be a lot better than a lot of people think it will be. Second game, not so much. I think it might be fun for the first half. Honestly, I'm probably going to take Alabama's first half spread. Bama's minus 13.5 in this one. I would eat the points as well. Look. I'm not going to break this game down for y'all with numbers. Both these teams have two of the top five offenses in the nation. 
Um, obviously, the defense is not even close to being there on the Oklahoma side of things. Oklahoma's defense is pretty, pretty bad. I mean, they can't really stop anybody. I've watched them play a lot. I think Alabama's run pass off attack on offense will be too much for them to handle. Even if two is not ready to go, guys, I mean, we saw the chip on the shoulder Jalen Hurts has. We saw how much better he looked as a passer. We saw how much better he's looked as a player this season. I think Jalen Hurts can still cover the spread and lead this team. I like Alabama no matter who's playing quarterback. If anything, I think Kyler Murray winning the Heisman is a better thing for Alabama. I think Alabama lost focus. They're kind of embarrassed the way they played against Georgia. I think they come out with that fresh on their minds and they take it to Oklahoma right off the bat. Also, if Tua is to play, I mean, I think that this Heisman Trophy thing and I think that the fact how he played against Georgia are also resting in the back of his mind and he puts all his silent, all the doubters to rest and silence them. I mean, I think Tua is going to go off in this game if he plays. Either way, him or Hurts will put on a huge performance. Hurts could leave for the NFL after this game if he plays really, really well. A lot riding on it for those Bama boys. I think Alabama will show up and do their part. I mean, Alabama, they're top 10 in yards on defense. They're top five in points per game. I believe they're fourth. I mean, the offense is both basically the same. Top five defense in the nation. Give me Alabama all day in this one. I think this one's pretty straightforward, guys. I mean, Oklahoma might put some points up. I could see them putting up 28, 24, 21 points, but... Alabama guys, they might put up, they might hang 70 on them. Alabama might cover that over under by themselves. I'll probably stay away from that. That's pretty high because I mean, I could see Oklahoma getting shut down. I will say this though. Alabama does struggle with those running quarterbacks like that. That's why I think Kyler Murray can put some points on the board. But I just think at the end of the day, this Alabama defense is too good not to get a few stops. And this Oklahoma defense is too bad. I don't think they can get any stops. I think Alabama controls the whole game. This is a Nick Saban kind of game. I think we'll see that classic Clemson-Alabama matchup once again in the national championship game. I mean, I'm so tired, guys, of people saying the NBA is the most predictable sport. I mean, I picked three of the four final four teams right before the season even started. It wasn't that hard. And I had Ohio State in there. And if Notre Dame had lost one game, I would have had four out of, I would have had all four of them right. So they even say that it's the, that, oh, the NBA is so predictable. It sucks. I mean, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. This sport is equally as predictable, if not more predictable. I mean, I could have told you before the season started, Alabama is going to win the national championship, probably beat Clemson in the national championship. Look what happened. I even told you all Trevor Lawrence would be the quarterback leading them in this game. Look who it is. Trevor Lawrence. I mean, so easily predictable. All right, guys, let's move here from a little college football talk to a little NFL. Before I go in here on the NFL, I just want to say this. I'm a little disappointed in Cohen. He chose to go to Gucci Mane concert tonight over doing this podcast with me. <laughs> I'm just playing, though. I, would, I mean, I would do the same thing, too, if I was him. I wanted to have him on here, though. I felt like he would have some fiery hot takes for me like he always does. But honestly, usually I focus on Thursdays on matchups rather than I'm going to look at the matchups and compare them with the playoffs. So Right now, I have, this is my playoff picture. At number one, I'm going with the Chiefs in the AFC to the Patriots. Those are my first-round buys. Then I've got playing on that uh, wild card Sunday, the Texans and the Ravens as division winners. Then I have the Chargers and the Colts as my wild card teams. So let's pull up the schedules here for everybody. So there's a lot of lopsided games this week. I'm not a huge fan of these games from a betting standpoint. They don't look too great. But I think the Steelers and the Bengals, the Steelers play down to their opponent's level every single week. I could see the Bengals and Jeff Driscoll getting a little backdoor cover here at the end of the game, minus 14.5. I think the Steelers, though, will handle business. They'll stay focused. This game's at 425. Can't wait to watch it. Um, also, other games, game on at 425 will be the Browns and the Ravens. I kind of like how the NFL does it where these games that matter, they have them matched up together. Makes it a little bit more fun to watch, and that way you can't be scoreboard watching or know, oh, they already won, who cares, let's go out there. You know what I mean? It makes it, makes it all better, so I like the way the NFL does it. Ravens, Browns, Baltimore minus 5.5. Look, 
I think the Ravens handle business at home, the way the defense is playing, the way Lamar Jackson's playing. I mean, they've wowed me with the way they played. Great win. It's also a good letdown spot for them, though, at the same time. Look, do I think they'll let down? No. The Ravens have been to the playoffs before. Harbaugh knows what he's doing with this team. It's a really, really, really good defense. I mean, the Ravens and the Bears guys are proving defense can win games still in the NFL. There's not a lot of defenses that can, but if you have that defense, you can win games still in the NFL. I think Baker will give them all they want and more, but at the end of the day, I think the I think the Ravens will pull it out. Unlike last year, I think they'll do a better job staying focused, especially after what happened last year with the veteran leadership that they have in this locker room. I look for the Ravens to get in the playoffs here, and you know what? It brings up a big question here before I keep going. Are the Steelers the best team I've seen get knocked out of the playoffs in the last five years? I think it is. I mean, guys, if there's any team in the NFL I don't want to play right now, it's the Steelers. Don't get me wrong. They play to their opponent's level every single week, but just look at what the Steelers do, guys. There's no shot that I want to run into the Steelers team in the playoffs. I mean, they're a tough task to handle. The way they got everything going, especially if James Connors back in there for them. Whenever they run for over 100 yards, they're pretty hard to beat. I mean, they should have beat the Saints this week if they could have taken care of the ball. Being undisciplined has hurt them all season long, and it probably will end up what is going to keep them home. Too many penalties, too many turnovers, and that'll probably keep them watching the playoffs at the same spot I am. I hope Pittsburgh gets in, but I gotta be I gotta be legit on here, and I just don't really think they can get in. I just don't see the Ravens slipping up. I think they stay focused, but I think if any team has a shot out of all these teams trying to get in the playoffs and blowing it, I think it is the Ravens. I mean, the Browns have been on fire. Baker Mayfield's playing with that chip on his shoulder. I love the way he's been playing. Before I keep going on this, I also want to say this about Baker Mayfield. Why does everybody keep on attacking him for being so cocky? He's a guy who's a two-time walk-on. Um, he's won a national championship, or not a national championship, he's won a Heisman Trophy, he's almost gone to a national championship, I mean, he's done everything from his end and more, all this is a walk-on, I mean, nobody else does what Baker Mayfield does, he's the number one overall pick, he deserves to play with the chip on his shoulder, he deserves to be a little cocky, he's earned it, and honestly, it's not a distraction for the team, that's the biggest thing. It's a distraction for the team, and you can't be doing stuff like that. But he's not distracting the team at all. In fact, I think he makes him better. He makes him play with a little confidence and a swagger about himself. In order to do what Baker Mayfield did, you have to be a little cocky and a little confident in yourself because everybody's going to doubt you and count you out. Yet Baker, he doesn't hear that. All he knows is I'm Baker Mayfield. I'm the best player on the field, and that's the mentality he has and the mentality he plays with. And that's why the Browns will be winners, and he is a winner, and he will turn this franchise around. But... It's going to be a tough game for him on Sunday. That's going to be probably one of the best matchups, I think, of the entire Sunday will be that game. It's going to come down towards the end. we got two rookie quarterbacks going at it. But one and two as rookie quarterbacks I have to drop Josh Allen to three. I just think what Lamar's doing winning these games right now makes Baker and and uh, Lamar the top two candidates right now for my best quarterbacks. Obviously, i got Saquon for rookie of the year, as I told you all in my original podcast. That would be my rookie of the year pick for you all. Um, let's talk a couple other matchups here in the AFC. Obviously, the Texans, if they lose to the Jags on Sunday, they could potentially go home and not even, or not go home, but they could potentially be a wild card. I don't see this being a letdown spot for the Texans. I mean, Deshaun Watson handled everything from his end all season long. This team is, every loss they have is by one possession. I think it'll be more of the same here, guys. I think Deshaun Watson and the Texans will pull it out against Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville is the offense to play with them, quite frankly. Jacksonville's defense hasn't been great. They've been giving up lots of long drives. I look for the Texans to move the ball up and down the field on them all day long. I see the Texans winning in a blowout in this one, so that'll be big time. Obviously, on its Sunday night, we got... Colts, Titans, if the Texans were to lose this game, this game's also for the division as well. The only way one of these teams doesn't get in and the Steelers gets in is if they both tie. I mean, Andrew Luck's never lost to the lost to the Titans. We got banged up Mar- Mariota. This game is in Indy or in, I mean in uh in Nashville, Tennessee, home of the Titans. 
I just I just lean towards Andrew Luck, man. He's the better quarterback. Mariota's a little banged up. Mariota, I still haven't ruled out Mariota yet. He's a, He's got his third offensive coordinator in three years, so I can't write him off yet as being a good quarterback, but I just don't think he's got what it takes to beat them. The way Derrick Henry's been running the ball, I think they're going to try to run the ball a lot. I look for the Colts, kind of what they did with the Ezekiel Elliott to contain him like they did, did two weeks ago, I guess it was, against the Cowboys when they contained Elliott, but I look for more of that and... I like the Colts to win this game. I think they roll in this game, honestly. I think 28-13 will be the final score Indianapolis, and they squeeze into the playoffs. Um, last little AFC things we got to talk about here is obviously if the Patriots had a letdown and lost here to the Jets, they would lose their wild card spot. I don't really, I mean, their uh, division winning spot and have to go play in the wild card round. I don't see that happening though. Bill Belichick's too good of a coach at home versus the Jets last game of the season with a uh, with playoff positioning on the line. Belichick's not losing that game, guys. Don't fool yourself. Don't play yourself. Patriots win this game. I mean, Brady might be a little banged up, but until I really see the stats go away, he's still over 4,000 yards, over 25 touchdowns. Until I see the stats go away, not really worried about it. I think the Patriots come out, just pound the ball with Sony Michelle, get this W, get the victory, move on. Um. Last little thing here in the AFC. I mean, obviously this Chargers Broncos game still means something. The Broncos are absolutely pathetic. That was a they are at home though where they play better, but they just don't have the weapons to keep up with them on offense. Also, Phillip Rivers has played better on the road this season. Chargers six and one away. I think the Chargers come out here, cover the spread, and take care of business minus six and a half. I think they can handle that one pretty easily. Um other matchup in this division is the Raiders and the Chiefs. The Raiders are one and six on the road. The Chiefs are six and one at home. There's no way they come into Arrowhead here and win this game. I also think Chiefs minus thirteen and a half will hit. I think Pat Mahomes will go for these fifty touchdowns. He'll throw at least three in this game. I don't even think Derek Carr will throw that many. I also think Derek Carr's interception streak or streak will come to a halt here. Look for the Raiders to try to run the ball on the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are will be fine and pull this one out. No worries for me here on this one. All right, guys. So. That would mean our first round matchups would be Texans versus Colts, Ravens versus Chargers. Um, I'd take the Chargers and the Texans in those two matchups, but I'll get to that once they actually meet up for sure. It'll be fun to watch, guys. I'm I'm still just gonna I'm just lay off the Super Bowl prediction for one more week. I got a hot one though coming in for y'all next week. We'll have all our playoff predictions. I'll definitely have Cohen on next week. We gotta break all this stuff down. So looking at things from the NFC, the Saints are already locked in at that one seed. The Rams Rams are the two. If they were to lose this weekend at home versus San Francisco, which is not going to happen, um, they would give up that seat, that one seed spot. So that also another storyline to look for in this game is if Aaron Donald will be able to break J.J. Watt's pressures record. He's at 100. He needs 114 to pass J.J. Watt. And also to see if he can pass Strahan for the most sacks in a season ever. I think he's at 19 now, and he would need 21 and a half to pass Strahan. So that's an interesting little storyline to watch right there. I think they get after it on defense, and they beat the 49ers here. I think the Bears, they'll end up playing their starters for the first half, and then I think they'll just kind of pack it in at that point. Matt Nagy's not going to want to watch his players get hurt. The Bears, I mean, the Vikings still got a lot to play for. The Vikings will try to run the ball a lot. And if I'm in Chicago, I'll be smart here, rest my guys. Play it out till next week. I mean, they can also do a little scoreboard watching here too since they play at 425. So I look for them to do a little scoreboard watching, see the Rams up two scores or a score or two at the half, kind of give up and take their guys out, let the Vikings move on into the playoffs. So like I said, I got the Vikings in my sixth seed. Got Cowboys at the four. I think they're pretty much locked in there. I mean, yeah, they can't move anywhere, so they're locked in the four. Seattle at the five, Vikings at the six. All those are locked up. Basically, the Vikings are the only other team that control their destiny. Do I think the Eagles can get in? I think the Eagles will beat the Redskins, but 
Like I said, guys, I think the Bears rest their starters in the second half. Vikings get into the playoffs here at ease. So that'll be good for Minnesota to get in there. They seem to have found an offensive identity after firing their offensive coordinator. But, I mean, there's a lot more controversy that can go on on the AFC side rather than the NFC side. I mean, I think the NFC side's pretty cut and dry. I will say this, though. Crazy things happen, guys, in Week 17. I mean, <clears throat> we could see the Titans get in. We could see the Steelers get in. Who knows what's going to happen this week, guys? It's going to be wild. That's personally what I think will happen. I just don't think we'll see one of the as wild of a Week 17. I mean, the Ravens, the Ravens, though, scare me the most. If I would say any team's on upset alert this week, it is the Ravens. I'd watch out for that one. I might take the Browns with those five and a half points. I think that's a pretty good bet right there. Last thing I want to talk about before I get out of here is two little things. It's, it has to do with the MVP. Look, guys, like I said on my last podcast, I'm not going to go into details. Russell Wilson is my pick, but who do who do I think will end up getting it? I think Patrick Mahomes will. Look, Drew Brees' stats compared to Pat Mahomes, both these guys are going to get the one seeds in their divisions. Yes, Brees is going to have the number one overall seed, but, I mean, Pat Mahomes' stats are so much better than Drew Brees'. I feel like you have to give it to him. Now, it has almost seemed like it's a lifetime achievement award for Drew Brees, but I say screw that. I mean, Pat Mahomes is about to throw for 5,000 yards. All he needs is... 184 yards passing to put him at, to put him at 5,000. He's got 48 touchdown passes. Give him two more. Put him over 50. I think 50 and 5,000 is more than enough to get Pat Mahomes MVP. I think it's his year. He'll probably end up winning the award. But like I said, I would pick Russell Wilson personally if I had a bet. What he's done in Seattle is crazy with how he's taken this tank team to the playoffs. You know, I mean, you could say that. You could say that it's kind of like how I picked James Harden over LeBron for MVP. You could say I'm not being the same here in this instance, but I feel like it's completely different. LeBron is a team that was built for the playoffs, and they kind of blew it up and brought in new players. But, I mean, he's, they still have a team that's built for the playoffs and that was built to go into the playoffs. Rather than the Seattle team was a rebuilding team. They got rid of everything. They got rid of all their old players and everything, yet look at Seattle, guys. And, I mean, obviously Pat Mahomes is way better stats. As I said, James Harden and LeBron, the stats are too similar, and he won way more games. But... I just feel like what Russell Wilson has done in the NFL needs to be respected with the team he has and the situation this team is in right now. Give me give me Russell Wilson as MVP, I, who I think will actually end up winning it, though. Pat Mahomes, it's his award. I mean, hats off to you, Pat. You balled out this year. He deserves to win it, but I'm excited, guys, for this weekend. I mean, I've, I had a fun day watching NBA Christmas Day, a little, a little NBA Christmas Day talk here before I let y'all go is my uh, jazz in primetime TV theory. I don't know if y'all have listened to me and Cohen yet on the Association podcast, but I had that little theory about how the jazz play a lot better in primetime uh, TV, and that was exactly what happened, guys. The jazz went off on this game in primetime television, 117 to 96, blew the Blazers out in this one. I'm telling y'all, man, the jazz are two completely different teams. On primetime television, they play a hell of a lot better, and uh, Joe Ingles had 15 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, so also had prime... Had a primetime Joe or network television Joe step up and and go off. I mean, the Jazz, I'm telling you all, on network television, they're on network television against, again tonight against Philly. I could see them going off once more. That's how they always do on network television. Ingles also had a plus 22, plus minus. I mean, I don't know what it is, guys. Bright likes big camera. He plays better. And he's, not, he's, he's not too many other players I'd rather have on my team when I'm playing on network television than network Joe, baby. Um, but my biggest takeaways overall from this day 
is there's nothing like Rajon Rondo directing traffic on the court. It's just so funny to me watching him huddle everybody up, telling everybody what to do, this, that, and the other. I think it's hilarious watching Rondo get after it and go at it. I mean, he's such a smart, high like IQ basketball guy. Like You even see plays where LeBron's pointing stuff out. Rondo's standing right there pointing it out too. So I thought that was fun to watch. I mean, I was disappointed, guys. I told you all the best game of the day was going to be Lakers-Warriors. It turns out it was the Rockets-Thunder. Um, I'll get to that game in a second here, but... This game was this game was a blowout. This is a game where I was like, all right, Golden State outscores them in the third quarter. I was like, okay, Golden State, here they come. Instead, they get outscored 36 to 19. I mean, they need Boogie back desperately. Zubots went off on them and exposed their terrible interior defense. I would I would have been embarrassed. I mean, if I was Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, all them, I would be absolutely embarrassed. That's why I picked the Warriors minus nine tonight against the Blazers. I think they unleash everything they have on the Blazers tonight. It's kind of it's kind of poor timing for the Blazers. This is a game they need to win too, but they're going to get waxed tonight because the Rockets are. I mean, because the Warriors are pissed off, and that was the worst performance I think I've ever seen them have. I've seen the Warriors have their two worst performances I've ever seen them have this year against the Raptors and this game against the Lakers. I feel like those two teams took the game way more seriously than they did. Don't get me wrong. It's the regular season. I'm not doubting the words. I'm just saying I'm disappointed in them. They didn't show up with that swagger that silences everybody and makes you think you can't beat them. Philadelphia versus Boston was another great game. We hit the under in that one, unfortunately. It went to overtime and busted that for us. I was pretty pissed off. But like I told y'all guys, Joel Embiid player prop cash 34 and 16 for him in this game. Only two assists. Irving had 40 and 10 on the other side. 10 rebounds, not assists. I mean, it was fun watching both these guys go at each other. Kyrie said he had family and friends in the crowd. That's what you want to see, baby, is Kyrie take the ball over and ball out like that. That's what he needs to do more often. I, the other thing I love more than watching Kyrie with the untucked jersey take over a game down the stretch. He's one of the most fun things to watch. So really enjoyed watching that. Uh, like I told you all, Giannis would want to step up and be the talk of the town in the first game of the day. That's what he did, 30 and 14, led that game in scoring and everything. Last one I want to talk about here was the Rockets-Thunder game, like I said. I mean, I think this game and the Philly game were probably one and two for the best games. It's just fun to watch James Harden. He did everything for that team. 41 points, six rebounds, seven assists. He might have taken 35 shots, but I mean, some nights you got to take the amount of shots you got to take to win the game, and that's exactly what Harden did. 15 and 35 is not great, guys, but he took this game over. He got to the free throw line. He only shot seven free throws in this game with six to seven. So, I mean, it wasn't even like he was killing from the free throw line. He hit five threes in this game. I mean, James Harden just took this game over. When he came in the game towards the end, he's just going off, giving him buckets. It's also fun to watch Splash Gordon hit all those threes and knock everything down on his birthday. I mean, he only put in 17, but I felt like he really stepped up and helped Harden out. Him and Harden. Was trading buckets. Capella had 23 rebounds. I mean, that is doing work in the middle. And that's against a guy in Steven Adams that I really highly regard as one of the better centers in the league. But he got put to work in this game. I just felt like the Rockets did a great job of getting everybody involved, moving the ball around, doing what they do best. I mean, Houston's got a big game tonight against Boston, but that's huge that they've won two games without Chris Paul. And prior to that, they had lost um, their last, I believe it was their last nine games without Chris Paul in. So, they're now one two in a row without Chris Paul. See if they can make it three. Keep rolling. Rockets are climbing up the Western Conference standings. I mean, the Western Conference, you lose one game, you go from first to eighth. I mean, that's how close this race is right now. As of right now, the Rockets are 18 and 15. They get this win tonight. They can go from seventh place back up to fourth. I mean, that's how crazy it is just because the Lakers and Clippers played more or games more recently than them that they're ranked higher up than them. So it's going to be fun to watch everything play out. I really can't wait, guys. Um, appreciate y'all tuning in again. Follow me on Twitter at Hot Takes with TP3. Got all kinds of stuff for y'all on there, but this does it for today's podcast. I'll talk to y'all tomorrow.